G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, there are some developments in Western Australia around a fight for freedoms from some of the rising number of threats in our civil society. A judicial review is in formation now in Western Australia and is focused on those who've been what you might even term victims of vaccine mandates. It's scheduled for July 13th to the 15th. It appears that a judicial review may lead to a test case in the Supreme Court and possible breakthrough for compensation for people who lost their jobs because of vaccine mandates. Let's get some insight into what's going on in WA. Legal philosopher Augusto Zimmerman is Professor and Head of Law at Sheridan Institute of Higher Education in Perth. He's also a former Law Reform Commissioner in WA. Augusto, welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Augusto, the challenge started with the case of a Western Australian police officer who challenged the Western Australian vaccine mandates. Is that where this began? Yes, that's right. Um, Ben Falconer, uh, he was uh, very bravely um, fighting uh, for his uh, permanence in this uh, uh, job. He's a senior constable and he's challenging the mandatory vaccination orders that um, were imposed uh, on the police uh, by the chief health officer and the police commissioner Uh, Chris Dawson, who um, now has been uh, promoted to the position of governor of Western Australia by the uh, premier of Western Australia, Mark McGowan. Now, the issue that the court will be hearing is around whether COVID vaccines actually prevent transmission. And as I understand it, both sides get to present their case uh, in the judicial review. Yes, indeed. But uh, we have to bear in mind that uh, the state here was already trying to sack the police officers who had some reservations about being the subject of this experimental vaccine. So what happened is that uh, Falconer uh, would lose his job by December the 1st last year, and he had no other alternative but to resist the oppression, uh, especially imposed on him by the police commissioner, Chris Dawson. And he started this uh, uh, legal fight uh, against these uh, um, uh, restrictions and measures. And uh, he was joined by a further 27 police officers who also uh, were at the risk of losing uh, his job, their jobs. And now, apart from then, you have other uh, areas, other uh, professions joining this uh, battle. And there are cases uh, will be considered after the decision is made regarding uh, Ben Falcon and his uh, 27 colleagues in the police force. 
So 27 colleagues in the police force, and it's primarily been healthcare workers and police, but that's likely, if this goes successfully through the judicial review, that could actually open up to a whole lot of different professions. Is that the way it works? Uh, absolutely. A number of further judicial reviews, they have already commenced against the vaccine mandates here. Uh, the fire and emergency services, health, education, um, I think uh, electricity company as well. So all of these cases have been deferred uh, by the Supreme Court pending the outcome of the the Falconer case. So if the challenge uh, with the Falconer case succeeds and the police mandate um, is uh, struck down, then it's very likely that all the other vaccine mandates and the challenge will follow suit, and then we have a, an amazing victory taking place in Australia. So that's why this case is so uh, incredibly important, and uh, we need to support Ben Falconer, a very courageous and brave police officer who is fighting for freedom in Western Australia, and he has my full support as a result. Augusto, uh, when evidence is presented in the judicial review, the potential there is that it calls into question the credibility of what chief health officers have said is the reason why Australians might be under these coercive mandates. Yes, absolutely. And you see that uh, I have to tell you that the last at the last hearing, uh, the counsel for the chief health officer actually tried to uh, make this uh, trial uh, unsuccessful for the uh, plaintiffs because he withdrew the chief health officer's witnesses. Uh, he would uh, have to actually witness at in the case. And uh, what happened is that um, he was then uh, his uh, uh, withdrawal deprived um, the Falconer uh, and his group the opportunity to cross-examine the chief health officers uh, here in Western Western Australia. And um, it is not really uh, a proper thing to do because uh, we would expect the chief health uh, officer to be confident uh, to expose the reasons as to why he has been um, used by the government for the purposes of extending not only um, the vaccine mandates, but also even the um, emergency powers in Western Australia that are uh, affecting the enjoyment of all all sorts of rights and freedoms, not just uh, the, in, in the, with the implications to uh, keeping your, yourself under a certain employment. Augusto, what can you tell us about the fact that while people have been making individual complaints to the Human Rights Commission, there's also a new front opening up where... Uh, hundreds of people are now lining up to issue joint complaints. Well, this is so important. I mean, it's uh, we have to uh, commend uh, the lawyers for uh, Senior Constable Falconer for acting in a way that it is uh, for the protection of uh, basic rights. And um, what they decided to do uh, Mark Hamery and his excellent, outstanding legal team at Hodgkin and Haley, they decided that it would be important uh, not only for Faulkner, but because they are currently acting for over, I would say, more than 250 other workers here in, in a diversity, diversity of uh, 
of um, a range of industries, I could say, who have been uh, stood down or sacked for refusing to uh, be subject to these coercive measures. So they are starting or uh, commencing a filing now uh, of complaints with the Australian Human Rights Commission under the Disability Discrimination Act. And this is so important because after the Human Rights Commission completes its inquiry into these complaints, then a run test can be made in the Federal Court of Australia, which will be able then to hear all the evidence of these complaints, and it will then decide on a federal basis all these legal issues without the need for uh, different uh, court proceedings. So this is a major breakthrough, and you have really to pray for these brave people who are fighting for the rule of law and our individual rights and freedoms here in, in Australia. We might be encouraged that it is, in fact, uh, Christian lawyers who are taking up this battle on behalf of this plaintiff. And what happens in WA, I wonder how you can describe what implications that might have around Australia. Of course, if it gets to the federal court, that's a federal uh, issue. But uh, for other yeah. Australians listening in other states, keeping an eye on this judicial review, uh, what can happen mm-hmm. for them if there is a positive outcome? If there is a positive outcome, you have to pray and hope that the judge is going to do the right thing. Uh, this is going to have a massive uh, implication across all the different jurisdictions because, of course, it will create a very persuasive precedent that can be relied upon by other um, uh, victims of these different uh, uh, measures applied or adopted in different uh, jurisdictions or states in Australia. So this is a very important breakthrough that you have a massive implication and the precedent that is open or created here in Western Australia, you definitely have a very substantial impact on decisions made elsewhere by other uh, uh, jurisdictions or courts in, in Australia. And ultimately, this can lead to a, a great victory for the cause of freedom in this country. Augusto, is it likely that from a local process in WA that can happen next week, ultimately it could make its way to the High Court and that every Australian who's lost their jobs under the mandates may well have some opportunity to seek compensation? Yes, that's right. Uh, I think it's important to be opening these different fronts, so that's why uh, they decided to also start this complaint uh, and commence this complaint uh, with the Human Rights Commission. But the decision here can escalate and eventually uh, go to the level of uh, the High Court if uh, the High Court considers uh, this to be worth of being analysed by the, the highest court of the land, which is obviously a very important matter, and I would expect this to be the case. So, indeed, um, if uh, uh, I think regardless of the outcome of the case, there's uh, a potential for an appeal uh, going directly to the High Court, and the decision, of course, then will have uh, an impact, immediate impact uh, of the High Court being deciding on the matter to the whole, uh, the whole case and the whole matter altogether. So there is a process, and it could be long, it could be drawn out, and there could be appeals, and getting all the way to the High Court may take some time, but it is possible, and it could start with this judicial review that's happening next week in Western Australia, 13th through the 15th of July. 
Augusto, mm-hmm. for people wanting to find out more, uh, where do they go to to get some more detail about this judicial review or what might happen beyond? Well, look, uh, my colleague Rocco Iocano, who uh, I deeply admire, he's a senior lecturer at Curtin University, has written excellent papers on this whole uh, case and matter uh, for the Australian, sorry, the Spectator Australia. So if you visit the website of the Spectator, you're going to know far more about uh, this case than what I'm saying. Uh, the, a more comprehensive assessment of the cases made by him in these articles. Another thing I must say is that um, we are raising, we're doing a fundraising for Ben Falconer, and the details about this fundraising can be found on the website of the Western Australian Legal Theory Association, www.walta.net.au. And uh, this is a fundraising dinner for the purpose of helping legal, uh, the legal case and especially the costs and implications, financially speaking, to Ben Falconer, who deserves my support and the support of every, every person in this country who has a sense of, uh, of uh, the necessity to fight for uh, what's right and just. Well, what is starting in Western Australia may have national implications. Uh, let me point listeners to that website uh, to connect with the fundraiser that's coming up this weekend on Saturday, walta.net.au, and you can click yep. on a link called News. Uh, keep your eye out for those articles in The Spectator. And I want to thank our guest, legal philosopher, Professor Augusto Zimmerman, who's uh, head of law at Sheridan Institute of Higher Education in Perth, a former law reform commissioner in WA. Augusto, thanks so much for an update today on 2020. Thank you so much, Neil. God bless you and your listeners. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.